Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. I'm Andy Anatko, and this is episode 219 of the Material Podcast, sending out our dreams and best wishes to all of you in northwest Indiana, uh, around the bottom of, I'm looking at the map, bottom of Lake Michigan-ish um, probably part of the extended Chicago metro area. Anyway, uh, let's see if you're in the lower part of make, I know the upper peninsula is Youpers. I don't know, but anyway, uh, but camp, I just special shout out for you two one niners and the other half, the other magnificent half of this show coming at you from 90210 Florence Ion. <laughs> Hi, Andy. Uh, I'm not actually in Nano Two and Part of you nor is. Did Part I of you actually... always is. It true, very true. <laughs> uh, although I missed BH Nano Two and last night. We're uh, recording this on a Thursday morning uh, because I last night was dutifully taking notes on what we're going to talk about later today, which is Android 10. I've just been dutifully taking notes over like everything about the finalized version of this operating system. Uh, you know, I do have to say though. I, can, can I share a bit of a rant, you know, since this is like one half of my podcast? You Please. Know? Like, would you mind if I take up some space? So we rent a car whenever we drive to L.A. because it's a pretty long drive and you don't want to put the miles on your car and cars cost money, etc. Hashtag car culture. Um, and this car actually had Android Auto in it, which is the first time in the years that we've been renting cars that one has come with Android Auto directly available. Usually it's like whatever the stock, you know. Uh, system is on there. Heads-up display. Not a heads-up display, excuse me. It's the in-dash. The heads-up display is the one that's on your windshield. Anyway, uh, Android Auto, it was the old version when we drove down, and then my husband's phone, which we were using to command it, updated Android Auto, and then it was the new UI (laughs) when we got to LA. Oh, that's freaky. It he was very annoyed. He was just like, what is this? Like, you can't just like change the UI on people. And I was like, dude, it's because you had the old version on your phone. We were driving. You didn't like, it wasn't updating when you were driving. Wait until you got on Wi-Fi, et cetera. Like, calm down. Um, by the by the way, just a, <laughs> just a little system note. Uh, reverse gear is now where first gear was. Hope that doesn't inconvenience <laughs> you. Uh, it was, so I usually use Android Auto on the phone, like I'll have my phone up in a holster because my Mm -hmm. car is old and it's just sticking to my windshield. Sometimes it falls off. That's really fun. Uh, (laughs) This one, it was just, uh, we were using Google Maps to get around LA, which is very needed because it's LA. And uh, I have to tell you, it was kind of a frustrating experience. Now I've reviewed Android Auto in the past. Like when it first came out, I, and you know, when I had a job, uh, I like to call it like when I used to have a job, uh, <laughs> don't give your, rel- your elderly relatives ammunition against you. <laughs> I know they think I just sit at home all day in my pajamas and do nothing. I don't um, have a job on <laughs> auntie Pringle. I have a career. Right. Sure. Yeah. Writing in leggings is a career. Um, so back then, Hyundai was so gracious to allow us to have a review unit of the car because they were the first ones to kind of come out with Android Auto. And I got to drive, there and drive that around the Bay Area. And I really liked the experience. But this experience that we had this time around was a little different. It felt like I just couldn't do exactly like what I wanted to do. Like if I wanted to search for a place in the midst of our route – 
Like for instance, oh, we needed to get gas because you need that in a car. Uh, I found that the easiest way for me to do that is by going to my husband's phone, which was the one tethered to Android Auto, and typing it in there and then having it added to the trip on the actual display in the car. And so it was, but you're not supposed to technically do that because technically you're not supposed to use the phone. That's the whole point of Android Auto in the car. Uh, And then there was also the frustration with traffic because we would get these traffic updates and at one point they just weren't, they just weren't the best estimations. And maybe we should have used Waze in this situation because it's like crowdsourced. And I imagine in a place like LA, which is extremely crowded and everybody is driving, that it would have maybe been more up to date than when it was coming through Google Maps. Um, There was just a lot of like finicky things about it. And also what's really difficult with those car displays is that they are not capacitive. (laughs) They're just like, they're the ones where you have to like really push into the display to like make something happen. And so, you know, if you don't have a passenger in the car to help you, it's like really hard to pay attention to the road and to like poke around on a screen to make sure you know where you're going. So, you know, we talk on this podcast about things that we want fixed or, you know, to come to our favorite apps. And so, you know, I just, uh, I just want to reach out to <laughs> the Google Maps team. Uh, I, I think Android Auto needs a little finessing there. It was it was frustrating to use. Yeah. It was. And usually Google Maps is not frustrating to use. I never actually have a problem with it on my phone because my phone is capacitive and I can easily talk to it. And um, I don't know. I just, you're not, you're not selling me on having it Installed in the car. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were, I just, uh, coincidentally, I didn't have this in the original show notes, but uh, yesterday there was news that uh, Google is going to be introducing a new Android Auto for phone screens app. Right. So an app right. you can actually put on your, uh, instead of tethering, you can actually, if, for people like you and me, who I, I actually prefer having the phone in like a little, in, in a dock because I don't, I don't like the idea of having to look when I'm as I'm driving, look to the right and down at this screen. I like the fact. Well, I always put it so that it's at the exact same level as my driver's mm-hmm. side rearview mirror. So as I'm doing the usual check the mirror, forward check the mirror, it's like in that path of sight. Uh, so you will be able to have an actual Android Auto. Uh, as an app on the phone, supposedly as a, a stopgap measure because uh, the uh, Google Assistant driving mode that had been announced is going to is running into some problems, going to be delayed. So yeah, it's, but I you know it's uh, I I will match you like petty annoyance for petty annoyance uh, because uh, once again I don't know whether I should be confused or angry about how Google Music downloads albums to my uh, to my phone because I I'm I'm still uh, you know how like when something annoys you about a feature and eventually you just get like you get like a, a, a callus or a scab above over it so you don't feel it anymore mm-hmm. I've been feeling this for ever since the first time I tried to download something uh, from the uh, from this my streamer and it's done this so Number one, I'll say, "Oh, great! You know what? I really like the I really like this album. I'll just tap that little check that little button to have a download, and I'll get like the first two degrees of arc in orange, 
which is Google Music's way of taunting me saying, oh, I registered that click. I know that you want this album downloaded. I'm just not going to do it. And I'm not talking about you're only on like cellular. I'm talking about like I'm on Wi-Fi. I'm at home. Everything's good. And I'm like, well, what if I tap it more or harder? What if I shake the phone? What if I were to yell at it? What if I were to ask the Google Assistant to please slap some sense into Google Music? Because, hey, I'm not inside the phone, but you are. As my assistant, I would be telling you to – if you were my physical assistant and like a vendor was late with a shipment, I'd be asking you to just give that – individual give that that photocopy paper paper supplier a, mm-hmm. a good talking to because it's annoying as hell and then we'll start downloading i don't know why it started doing that the other thing is that so i, I so again tap on it and it's saying that oh well you're not connected to wi-fi i'll download this uh, only when you're connected to wi-fi <sighs> and and again this is one of the times where I have to ex- I have as Mr. Rogers always advised us, don't be afraid of having emotions and feelings. The key is to express those emotions and feelings. And so I feel the need every time to have expressed to my phone, so let me get this straight. If I tap the play button, you're willing to receive all of that data as a stream against my broadband data cap. However, if I were to ask you to please download it all at once so that I never have to stream it again, that's when you get all shirty on me and say <laughs> that you're not going to – oh, that wouldn't be financially responsible, Andy. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let you listen to, to Sly and the Family Stone until you find a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts. Which is fine because any excuse for Dunkin' Donuts. But the principle is what I'm getting at here. Must be nice. I, 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 just, want, I just want around. the world to make sense. That's all. Yeah. You, uh, what's going to happen when they get rid of that and then you're going to have to deal with YouTube music? Ooh. I still don't understand how that works. Again. Uh, is that even still happening? I feel like we were talking about it and yeah. now it's like, eh, you know. <laughs> it's, it makes – it just this still doesn't make any sense. And I've had people who are responsible for this – in casual circumstances, try to explain mm-hmm. it to me. And I'm still the person who has to ask the question, but why do I have to go to but a video why? service to get at albums? And why, when I ask you for, uh, when I see someone speak, hear someone speak positively of, again, a Sly of the Family Stone album, you want to suggest YouTube videos for me to watch instead of the Sly of the Family Stone album that I presumably, because I'm paying you for Google Music, I really want the album. And the conspiracy behind Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, I'm basically <laughs> the trying real to get... drugs done by Sly. And... I'm sorry, I'm just assuming that that's what you would get. I'm I'm, I'm 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 re- I'm just repeating Sly and the Family Stone partly because that way it'll sort of maybe put the bug in uh, your all the listeners' ears to check out more Sly and the Family Stone albums because they are quite awesome any day of the week, particularly early in the day when your f- spirits are flagging and Sly and the Family Stone are going to be the they're the ones to lift you up and take you higher. Uh, and also say. because maybe as an extra check – now, I, I hope that peop, listeners aren't sick of this, but unfortunately, I'm not sick of this either. Our continuing research into how I was Google ask you is about doing it. search results, if I keep <laughs> saying Sly and the Family Stone repeatedly, not just once or twice, but repeatedly, will that like enhance the chances of this episode of the podcast being associated with Sly and the Family Stone or does it mean nothing? 
And uh, so we going back. To, we have a uh, week four, week three. I'll now I'll have to start like actually having episode updates. Uh, the <laughs> Gimpy Gimpy Bush experiment for Google Podcast search. Again, this started off as a joke, and now this is – I'm sorry. I'm, com- I'm committed to this. To find out how many episodes in a row we have to mention the Gimpy Gimpy Bush of Australia, a- a.k.a. The, the, the tree that uh, that has the little uh, nanodendrite hairs on its leaves that causes such intense pain that's been mm-hmm. described mm-hmm. as being shot and having acid poured into the wound. It's so, it's so painful. Uh, and seeing how long it would take for us to appear in Google Podcast search results. And we're still not there. We're still not okay. anywhere in the. Uh, but the now here's here's the other weird thing. And I've been doing uh, this is the first time I've mentioned it because this is the first time I usually do the search every week. I right before we record, I do another search for podcasts about the Gimpy Gimpy to see where we show up. Uh, every single week, it has that search term again. I'm quoting here: podcasts about the Gimpy Gimpy unquote, mm-hmm. has returned just standard Google search results. So there'll be podcast results, but only through other websites that catalog podcasts. However, if I change that to podcast singular about the Gimpy Gimpy, that tells Google search to, oh, I want to create a special deck of, uh, of uh, special players for specifically for podcast episodes. And I don't understand why that difference is there. I don't know, Andy, but I got to tell you, we're going to get into this in a bit. Uh, I'm hoping that with this new live transcribe feature that's come with Android 10, (laughs) that maybe our podcast is going to finally be indexed and people will finally be able to find us both as Gimpy Gimpy Bush influencers and Google slash Android influencers. (laughs) Yes. I mean, here's to hoping. We'd see, uh, let, let me just, but let's just make things one thing perfectly clear. We don't yes. want to be uh, brand influencers. We want to be thought leaders. There's a yes. difference. Yes, yes. But I'm I'm speaking to the small subset of Gen Z listeners that we have out there. Ah, I want you, them you, to understand. You speak the, the, that lingo, so I, I'll, I'm, well, I defer. Well, I'm trying. I mean, I'm a late millennial, or excuse me, an early millennial. So, you know, I'm starting <laughs> to age out of this uh, thing. Uh, I have to do a lot of research these days to know what the kids are talking about. So, and I'm sure the kids are like, what the heck is a gimpy gimpy bush? Well, don't touch one. Exactly. (laughs) We we can make a cultural trade. Um, I will explain, we will explain the gimpy gimpy bush. If you absolutely and categorically explain to us what the word yeet means. Uh, I, I I have come to understand that it is the opposite of yoink. As in, like, if I were to have this, I happen to have this uh, pack of Listerine Cool Mint Fresh Strips here. And if you were to actually be, so if, if you, if uh, we were st- sitting like across the table from each other and you had it out, for me to yoink this fresh pack would be for me to grab it and in a dramatic way. However, if I were to be polite and you were of the generation that yeets things, I could say, hey, could you yeet me those fresh strips? But I have been advised by a suitably like 19-year-old person that that's almost there but not quite, but they would not elaborate. So, well, and, and I don't want to urban dictionary it because somebody probably uses it as a filthy sex act. That's again fine, whatever you want to do, that's perfectly fine. But I don't want to have imagery in my head. At no, no, no. Dictionary.com actually does have something for it. Uh, yeet is an exclamation of excitement, approval, surprise, or all around energy, often is issued when doing a dance move or throwing something. Really? So, if you were to throw that Listerine pack at the screen, you go yeet. 
Um, and by the way, when you said yoink, I thought of uh, the Conan years of The Simpsons when Homer would often grab something from someone yes. and go yoink, because that's where my references come from. That's weird because I've <sighs> never, uh, I'm, I've legitimately never, in context, heard it as a declaration. So now I've only seen it like online in conversations. In case, hey, he, I, oh my, that guy just totally yeeted himself. Meaning, a few there's a wacky, you know, wacky video of like someone uh, grabbing the tow rope of a of a of a water ski thing when he didn't realize that it was connected and just boink. It's like, oh, he totally yeeted himself into that lake. So. The Columbia Daily Spectator wrote a whole article about this earlier this year. Yeet, the greatest word of our time. It actually uh, originally was coined in the mid-2000s. You were going to become slang influencers. But it was popularized by a 2014 video uploaded on Vine. Rest in peace. No longer around. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. This is why we have people who cover internet culture. Because this thing just moves so much faster than... Android updates. <laughs> and uh, and I've, I'm, I'm not even anywhere in my mind thinking, oh, I can't believe there are people who actually write about. No, I can't believe when I say I can't believe there are people who actually write about this. It's like, it's the same reason why I can't believe there are people who actually complete 100 mile like marathons across the desert. It is such a covering, <laughs> covering like changes in Internet culture and uh, verbiage is I, I once wrote for Random House an entire dictionary. Uh, and the name of it was the Cyberspeak Dictionary, which will sort of date it for you. And even that was we I, we had to update the we had to update the oh, definition of, of spam because the common wisdom on its or, origins. My, my dictionary editor, my editor on this dictionary was a future editor of the Oxford English Dictionary, and so I found myself spending. Hours and hours and days and days, not just saying, okay, is it from Monty Python? But when the, the everyone's saying spam, 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 and no one can hear anything, or is it throwing a chunk of spam into a, into a turning fan? And somewhere in the Anatko archives, I still have piles of primary research on this because yeah so i the idea of someone someone uh, someone said something on tinder at some point and 4 weeks later everybody is talking about pine in a way that that's not the context i'm and you i'm it's not the it's not the editor and it's not the wood so what are they talking about and now it's your responsibility to track that i my my hat is off to you I was thinking about pine salt, the stuff you wash your floor with. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, we should probably head into all of our Android 10 talk. But f- before we do that, uh, I would like to just remind everybody uh, that September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So you can join us here at Relay FM and the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital uh, this month, this September. In addition to the World Health Organization, uh, who is committed to transforming cancer care with the goal of curing at least 60% of children worldwide with six of the most common cancers by 2030. Uh, And we can do this with your support. So if you are interested in helping us uh, in our fundraiser this month, you can donate uh, however much you can uh, to stjude.org slash material. So we actually have our own little URL for that. 
stjude.org/material if you're interested in helping us uh, make our fundraising goals. We thank everybody for listening in every every week, and you know this is a big uh, this is a big thing we try to do every September. So we appreciate anybody's uh, involvement in any way that they can. And now, Andy, let's jump into an ad, and then <laughs> yes. let's talk about some Android 10. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio to show off your wares. Maybe you want to create a blog and talk about 90210. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do all of those things. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They'll let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Hey, you want to start a blog with some friends? Squarespace lets you easily do that. A couple friends and I had a blog going on Squarespace, and it was really easy for us to have different user accounts, to log in, to post our own posts, to edit each other. Squarespace makes it that easy. Plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for us, the Material Podcast. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Bye, Menon. And we're back. Now, uh, <laughs> now we got the uh, Android IO uh, was released uh, just two days ago as uh, we record this. Uh, now, I should, I should mention that um, I've given this some thought. Uh, Google did announce that they've given up on giving Android fun names, uh, and I've decided that this is too only externally. Yeah, but they used to they they used to be they would let us in let us outsiders in on the fun. Now they they've created like a walled garden, Apple style, making sure that only internal engineers have access to fun names. And I don't think okay, that, but to be that's fair, not in the spirit of Android. It wasn't globally. Like recognized. I mean, not everybody has pie in every country. Pie has different names. Okay. No, I, and, and, well, okay. I, I don't want to be colonialist here, so I want to make that perfectly clear. But okay. if there's a culture that has not been introduced to the glorious nature of this pastry known as pie, I'm not saying we should force people of other cultures to substitute pie for, or nor, nor do I think they should be changing their economies to make an export pie to us. I'm saying that if I were invited to a small town, village, whatever, and they had not, I'd heard that they've never heard of pie before, I would be bringing a good bake, like a 12 inch bakery pie and blow their minds. And I feel as though we are, we are hoarding all these things. For, I'm saying that there's a case to be made that uh, Android fun name. So I've decided that this is going to be Android <laughs> IO uh, because uh, it looks because like 10, the letter I like and I. the letter O. Yes, there you go. Yes. So and it's it's uh, they have uh, if it's not so much that and see Google has not forbidden the use explicitly of fun names. They have simply left a vacuum that I am now 
uh, uh, eager to fill a void, uh, a hole in our uh, collective culture in the shape of IO. And boy, it plugs right in there. So uh, on <laughs> actually similar to this, uh, this is something I'd never thought about. Every single the uh, have you ever been to uh, uh, to uh, Google's uh, mothership campus <laughs> and they have the it, it, it's it's. Uh, the public can come and visit the Android Sculpture Garden, which yes. looks like it's a miniature golf course, but isn't. It could only, but it could only be more awesome if it were a miniature golf course. Big fiberglass, <laughs> yeah, big fiberglass androids with like here's like a android with pie, android with a uh, with an Oreo cookie. And I hadn't thought about that before. What's the Android 10 addition to the Sculpture Garden uh, going to be? And we have an answer via Dave Burke's Twitter feed. He's the vice president of engineering for Android. By the way, sorry. Please. Just very quickly, because I I have to shill my other podcast that pays my bills. (laughs) Dave Burke did mention this on All About Android before he tweeted about it. Continue, Andy. Very good. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Listen, I just, you know, it's... Okay, but... uh, Well... (laughs) Okay, no, no, that's legitimate. Okay, that's legitimate. Now, I'm saying my, <laughs> you. however, you, however, as a, a person who is a degree in journalism, the, that's not a primary source. However, the <laughs> when the vice president of engineering for Android posts a photograph that he uh, he meant he certifies has been taken at the sculpture garden. Uh, I I believe that as a non-degreed, as a maverick uh, or unlicensed, uncontrollable journalist, that that is that supersedes the reference. But moving on, so now it's a it's it's a big number. It's it's essentially the ten from the logo, and they've got like the now the iconic Android head, the severed Android head, nestled inside the zero. So well, when you so put it that uh, way, unless you're thinking that oh no, he's hiding behind, and no, they severed the head and put it as a warning to other fun mascots they put it inside the zero but the but the fun part is that uh it's all covered with signatures and uh, according to dave burke swear says that uh, the entire team has signed the number 10 describing it as a quote new tradition which would be nice that's nice i just don't know if in five years time if one third of the mascots were just simple numbers that's not really fun that's not in the spirit of the miniature golf course on cape cod that i think spurned the aesthetic of that sculpture garden but yes and the thing is i'm very curious how they're going to moderate all the people that are supposed to like sign (laughs) and write things on it like what if you have somebody coming in the middle of the night and just writing like android sucks ios rules apple forever like you you know like like how what you just paint over it and then everybody else is it's like yeah. the Berlin Wall, okay? The the leftover of the Berlin Wall is called the East Side Gallery, and it, there's art on it. And there's also a lot of graffiti and scrabblings, and they go over it, and I guess they either paint over it like by fixing up the art or they scrub it off. I don't know, but mm. people go in and deface those things, which is a real bummer. Uh, and so I imagine that happening to this particular statue, which is out in the public. Like Especially you can, because, right, it's, yeah. it's right outside the company store. So, And people who don't may not recognize one of the junior engineers on the MEI subset stack. <laughs> oh, no, they must, they must think that, oh, no, people are just sort of invited to write their names on it. I bet, uh, I bet that they have covered it with a clear coat. So that they can wash whatever. So there's a barrier between the actual signatures and whatever 
foolish people with Sharpies like myself have decided to add upon. I haven't made it down to Mountain View yet, so I haven't been able to go and and tag it. Although I will be in the area on Saturday, (laughs) so maybe my husband and I can do a drive-by. But I don't know how they would feel about two people showing up in the midst of the night just to sign a statue. I could probably get carried away by security for that. Um, I'll let you guys know next week. (laughs) You you should definitely do it in broad daylight. No, I think I should do it at night when there's no traffic. Excuse me. (laughs) I'm not sitting in traffic. (laughs) Excuse me. Okay. So, yes, the Android Garden, uh, which, by the way, is right in front of the Android building. So where all the folks go, which you can't get in without going through a door person. Just, Hmm. Just so you know. I didn't go. I've been there. I have taken pictures there. I have not. Uh, I I was there like on business. So I had meetings there. I just didn't go into. I knew that that was this. There are people who are emerging from there with like Google swag that they had purchased. I just hadn't. I didn't try the door because I was more interested in. I was more interested in, in nailing that par three uh, at uh, KitKat. So anyway, I'm sorry. Hey. But, that's, that, anyway. but that's that's a side issue. So uh, uh, Flo and I both are rocking pixels. So we got uh, we got them because with their pixels, they're only so far. The only live uh, versions that are in the field now are for the pixel phones, all versions, including my pixel one, uh, the essential phone uh, and Xiaomi's Redmi K20 Pro. Uh, T-Mobile has said that or acknowledged that they're already testing version 10 for this year's Samsung phones. So the, coincidentally enough, the Galaxy 10 series of phones. So hopefully we're seeing an accelerated rollout. But unfortunately, as usual, if you don't have uh, a blessed Google developed phone, you're going to have to wait and maybe wait a year. I heard Samsung is not really going to be finalized until next year. Like the beginning of next year, basically like after the holiday season is maybe when you'll see like the update. Listen, if you if what you care about is being on the latest version of Android, don't buy a Samsung phone. Basically. And the reason that Xiaomi Essential uh, and even OnePlus, because I think OnePlus is also, also has like the beta out right now for its users is because they have a dedicated team of developers who are working on this and they don't have all this stuff layered on top of it that has to be like optimized. I mean, think about how much stuff comes preloaded on a Samsung device (laughs) or an LG device for that matter. And how much coding has to be done to get all of that, like working in tandem. So you, you kind of, you give and you take, right? You get Samsung. So you get all that fancy stuff, but then you're not really getting Android the Google way. And my suggestion, because people always ask me this um, is, hey, I'm supposed to, uh, a friend of mine asked me, like, should I get a Samsung or should I get a Pixel? And I'm like, do you care about updates? Because if you care about updates, then absolutely get the Pixel. Uh, yeah. And this is uh, probably yes. as good a time as any to go into uh, a interesting editorial on The Verge from Dieter Bohn uh, entitled Google Can't Fix oh, yeah. the Android Update Problem. Uh, and I'll Pull, I'll quote uh, uh, the second paragraph here. It's difficult to maintain a sense of outrage over Android's atrocious track record of providing upgrades to users year after year. We're at the 10th version, after all, and the story on upgrades is the same today as it was a decade ago. First-party Google up, Google devices get updated quickly. Everything else takes months or doesn't get updated at all. 
uh, and I think that overall, it's that's a fair thing to it's it's fair to say. And uh, later on, he's saying that he, basically he's making the case that this is n- uh, not a fixable problem. Uh, it's notable that one of the really really cool one one of the most important I would say uh, features of Android 10 is under the hood Project Mainline, mm-hmm. which is uh, an architecture designed so that. Uh, when a when Google re- releases a new major release of Android to device manufacturers, those manufacturers no longer there's a there's a lot less work for Samsung or uh, or uh, any of these other manufacturers to do to get a version of it out for these uh, third party phones. Uh, however, and also and also before we get into how right <laughs> Dieter isn't in, in talking about this, um, as we've said before. Uh, I don't. I, I'm always. Kind of, we've got the, the iPhone 10 uh, launch event coming next week, and it always annoys me when Tim Cook talks about, talks about. And we're proud to say that on uh, with the uh, it'll probably happen in October. Actually, after the release of the <laughs> a month after, we're proud to say that after only a month of release, over 94 percent of all iPhones are running the latest version of the operating system, compared to only two percent of all Google, uh, okay, whatever. They, I, that's a, that's a dumb. That's kind of a dumb thing and a, a, a disingenuous thing to say because remember that a lot of the stuff that would require a on, in Apple terms would only come in a yearly massive update are simply broken out apps that you any phone can download from the Play Store. Security updates are also broken out separately. Um, Russell Ivanovich, our our our, uh, our former hosts, uh, and still sob <laughs> and still. Uh, prime shaker and mover in the mm-hmm. Android app space has also said that, well, and, and as said, as a developer, if there's a feature from the newest version of Android that I want previous, uh, previous uh, edition users to use, I can just basically include that in my, that, mo- that, uh, uh, that framework in my build. And now they'll, now they'll have that as well. So it's, it's not necess- it's not completely accurate to say that uh, all non Google phone owning people are way behind on Android, but it's still true that they will not. You're not going to get Android 10. You're not going to get all those features uh, until months later. Uh, there are Samsung phones even that are still a year later. You had you have to wait to get. Uh, or they're just getting Google uh, Android nine right now, um, and the uh, it's he's making the he makes the the suggestion that this isn't necessarily a problem that Google is interested in attacking that um, it is to maybe Google's benefit to keep people behind that way. Mm. Um, I I don't don't think he's, I don't think he's making that argument explicitly. I'm sorry though. I'm just listening to the the way I put it. Um, It's basically that uh, it's because of the Android ecosystem uh, they don't have leverage to to actually figure out how to fix this. He also makes the other excellent point that um, even if it's true, just as I said, that there are uh, projects to mitigate the problem and uh, realities about the Play Store that mitigate the problem, the fact that now people are holding on to phones for much longer makes this a much bigger problem than it used to. Now that you have people who are holding on to phones for, for three years, four years, five years, even if they can 
you know, stop from <laughs> from uh, uh, dropping it into a, a sewage basin or something like that. Uh, now, the fact that you've got an iPhone where five years later it will probably still run the latest OS, Android, there's absolutely no chance unless you unless you uh, root the thing and uh, put side and put a different OS on it. You are not going to get the latest version of Android. That is a super bummer. And I, I'm I'm with Uflow. Like when people when people ask what to, for advice on what Android to to buy, it's almost always a Pixel. There are mm-hmm. other reasons for recommending a Pixel beside that, but one of the big ones is that again, day and date, or at least day and date when it starts when you when it rolls out to you, uh, releases of the OS that that would drive me nuts. It drove me nuts when my uh, primary phone was a Samsung Galaxy Three. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why my next phone after that was a pixel, a, a pixel, uh, ah, sorry, a Nexus. <laughs> I'm still, <laughs> by the way, I'm still saying PowerBook and correcting it to MacBook. So there are things, there are things that are hardwired into ROM <laughs> that can't be changed in my brain. Um, I just wanted to quickly add, since we were talking about mainline last night, as I was digging through some of the new settings and the menu structures, granted I've been on the beta, but I just, I don't really dig into the beta cause I'm like, Oh, this is not the finalized version. Listen, I'm not going to waste my energy. Okay. <laughs> so unless I'm writing a story about it, just being transparent, not going to waste my energy, but yesterday we got the update. Or rather, I got the update on Tuesday. And so yesterday, I was like, all right, let me dig in and see what's here. And you can go into, you go into the settings, you go to about phone, and you tap on build. uh Uh-oh. No, you don't tap on build number. Sorry. You tap on Android version. And underneath it, it tells you the Android security patch level and then the mainline module versions, which I just think is very cool. And then when you tap on the mainline module versions, it immediately goes, connects to the server and checks for an update, lets you know if you're up to date on your project mainline. And I just, I feel like for us as uh, power users, like this is a thing that we understand it, I wish there was a better way that I could explain this to everybody else, like why this is just as good as what Apple offers to iOS users uh, with the push through of the software update. Uh, although, by the way, just on that note, whenever there's a new software update from uh, Apple, I will go on Instagram or Twitter and in my friends groups, I'll see people just completely complaining like, no, Apple, I don't want to update the software right now. Leave me alone. So... <laughs> I just, I just want to say, nothing's perfect. Uh, yes. And what? Oh, my gosh. So, so much came through this update. Hey, did you try out the gestures, Andy? Um, I try. <laughs> I tried the gestures. Um, and the fact that I'm putting verbal italics on the word try <laughs> indicates that I'm no longer using them. Uh, yeah, there is. I, I'm curious to after i (laughs) give you my impressions i'm curious to find out what you think of it i I am on the pixel one (laughs) yes the problem and uh granted that um i i didn't like them i didn't find them uh i didn't find them natural at all and i use uh iphones and ipads but that does have similar gestures we're talking about gesture where instead of having now the bank of three or if with a more modern phone or os two uh buttons for home and back what if there are no buttons like that there's just a little line at the bottom to indicate that you can swipe and do things from the edges of the screen uh so you swipe all the way up and then like make sort of like an l turn in order to get home and swiping from the edges of the screen to go use the back and the for, the back button and 
Um, now, I just couldn't get them to work the way that I wanted them to, where I was th- – the, the one of the most natural reflexive gestures for an Android user is – Hey, I, I just want to switch back to the app I was just in because I want to see like where my where my rideshare is right now while I while I'm reading stuff or watching YouTube or whatever. And every it seems like every single time I just simply tried to swipe back into an app or just give me the the deck of cards for running apps so I can switch to whatever I want to get to, it would be interpreted. It wouldn't be interpreted the way I wanted to. Or when I try to go back. It's will be interpreted as like inside a browser. It sees that as, oh, he's swiping from the edge of the screen. He must want to go back to the previous page saying, no, I'm hoping that that would have been caught by Android as please do us. See, it's hard for me to to explain. It was just not working predictably. It's just hard to use. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and the just, and, uh. and the simple it's what what was most annoying is just the way of launching apps and switching between apps has been interrupted and changed. That uh, and again, I'm the the standard gesture for me is to swipe up to reveal like the the the, the Google bar and type in the first couple letters of whatever app it is I want to launch. Uh, and oftentimes, oh wait, the app I want to launch is actually already preloaded for me as a guess and tap it and I can't get the same natural like gesture to work the same way. So, uh in I would be a lot more annoyed by this but for a couple of reasons. Number 1, I don't know that that's how it works on the Pixel 3. Uh, if it's more natural, and if on the Pixel Four, it will be even more natural. I'm sure you'll you'll be able to tell us more about that in a second. Uh, secondly, uh, not only does Android 10 allow you to switch that on or off, it is at least on my Pixel phone is off by default. And I mm-hmm. got I have the exact. I think Google's engine Android's engineers appreciate what a fundamental change this is. And rather than throw this in your face as soon as you update, and then maybe not figuring out that you can turn it off, they are let they are at least smart enough to say, "Well, we're not going to make that big a change. We're not going to inflict that big a change on you." without your explicit permission. So if you've heard of these new gestures, you can go into settings and turn them on. And it's just as easy, fortunately, to turn them off. Yes, thankfully. I tried to use it yesterday and immediately I got super frustrated. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't. The part that I have the most trouble with is going back versus bringing up the app drawer. So it's like it, it's either the app drawer would just pop up. I'm like, okay, I don't need that. I need to go back. And then I would try to go back and it just like wouldn't work. And I guess maybe it's me. I mean, I'm so used to doing things a certain way on Android, but it's just I don't have the patience to do this, mm. like to learn a whole new mechanism. I have things to do. I have places to go. I have apps to use. Um, I I know that gestures have been like a really big part of the last couple of Android releases, but I, as a user, I'm just like, I'm not interested. And also, uh, this is something that has been rumbled about. I don't have any direct confirmation about it. So again, this is me just kind of bringing this off the top of my head. But apparently, this is not very friendly to... It's not accessibility friendly, mm-hmm. these gestures in particular, because yeah. they require such a precise... Uh, swipe of the thumb. And so I'm just thinking about it from that perspective and just like, why do gestures have to be like, I, I mean, okay, I get it. I get it. We're going to 
blah, blah, blah. This is computing. This is how it's going to be in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Call me a curmudgeon. Call me old school, whatever. I just, I I love an on-screen button and I'm okay with taking up some screen space for it as long as you let me have the option for it. That's how I feel about that. Those are my yeah. personal feelings. Yeah. And the, the the other problem is that I don't think that I couldn't perceive any advantage to for me for using this new system. When uh, Google changed the appearance of uh, uh, of the uh, of app switching from like a uh, from a, I guess, staggered vertical mm-hmm. stack to this like sort of horizontal uh, sort of fan fanned out deck. That was actually it, a. It was it certainly wasn't as disruptive as this is, but also I kind of preferred being able to see more of the app that I was uh, trying to get to than just the little the, the little top swiping from left to right seemed like it was. I, I actually preferred it, and if it was a little bit upsetting for the first five minutes, I got over it. With this one, it's just all I'm getting is what like twenty more pixels of screen real estate at the bottom. Uh, so yeah, well, f- well, if you had a if you had a bezel, a nearly bezelless phone, you might maybe feel differently. Uh, by mm. the way, apparently, I just got I'm getting another system update. Okay, whatever. Uh, Andy, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I well, saw. Are, sorry. sorry, no, you go. No, okay. you go ahead, Andy. <laughs> There's a so uh, I will say that it, it did have the first really pleasant surprise was so pleasant that I had to screenshot it and tweet about it immediately. I was in a Starbucks. This was uh, on Wednesday, like the day after I'd updated, and I got a little like quiet notifi- system notification saying that the Tile app has access your lo- your location, mm-hmm. and which was. Which was, and I don't, I don't have like a tie. I have one. I owned one. I think I, I bought one and installed the app just to test it out and write about it. Forgot the app was even installed. So it's not like there was a tile like on my person that was trying to alert me to something. It must. I'm guessing that somebody at the Starbucks must have passed by and they had a tile chip somewhere on them. Uh, and but I was totally, uh, totally unaware that in the background tile had collected my location information. And right, th- so a that notification delivered the goods. B immediately uh, right inside the notification is essentially the statement: Hey, if this bug, if you if you don't want this to happen anymore, touch this button and we'll help you out. Takes you to a very very plain English sort of display of what do you want to happen from now on? Do you want to? Uh, is this okay? Or checkbox B, or radio button B. Uh, only let uh, tile access when it's the front when it's actually a running application. Or C, it just doesn't have access to location and will have to ask. It'll be denied or it needs to ask for permission. So that was the you you love the, the great thing about having a new OS is when it just surprises and delights you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I knew that one of the themes of this new release was going to be better better security, better privacy. Uh, not only in terms of what third party apps can do with location and stuff like that, but also Google making its own operations more transparent. So that was a very very good first experience for a very good first full day with uh, with Android ten or IO. Did you uh, did you get the live captions working? No, I didn't, and that was one of the first things that I tried. I was really excited about, hey, if there's any audio anywhere playing, it will caption it for you automatically, uh, and I couldn't get it working anywhere. I love the fact that uh, the control for it, at least in the demos that they showed off, was right there in the volume control. So if you, in addition to muting audio, you can also tap a button saying, oh, by the way, 
uh, just to just to make sure you know that this isn't a, 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 an application feature. This is the operating system that will make sure this works everywhere. Would you like this to be captioned? And of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, later on, I find out that this is one of a few features that have been announced and demoed that aren't shipping with the first version of Android 10. But hey, maybe in the next month or two, we'll have. I have them. You. you have them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have them. That, that just did they that they just arrive. Uh, so you have to enable them in the developer settings. Uh, so you have to do, do the whole like press a million times until you get the thing. Uh, I'm actually jumping over to my Twitter feed right now. Well, actually it's live transcribe. Is that right. what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Uh, and Andy, I'm going to send you a little, sorry, everyone, link here through Skype to my Twitter feed because I closed Slack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a memory hog. Um, and I tried it in Romanian, and I tried it in English, and I tried it with podcasts. <laughs> so I got it working. Uh, I tried it last night by speaking Romanian to the... Okay, the device isn't being used. All right. Sorry, I was talking to my phone. I tried it last night by speaking Romanian directly to the phone. And so after you enable it in developer settings, you get like, let's see if I can show this to you through the webcam screen. Can you? There we go. Can you see that little person icon? Right, right. That's the access, accessibility. Let's, that's, I don't think that's, uh, that's not, I think we're talking about two different things. That was, I think, the, the, the feature that was released with Android 9, where you can uh, turn the entire screen of the phone into a full, like, live, trans, live transcription of any audio that's around you. Uh, into into text not, and it's so good that it's uh, not it doesn't just give you like the words but if there's music playing there'll be like yes. <laughs> the caption music is playing or yes. there seems to be a crowd noise or a car is honking um, correct what I'm talking about is the one that they demonstrated that basically deals with any amount of system audio not just uh, the microphone. So if you're, uh, if oh, you're not just what the microphone is capturing, right, right. So if you're right, exactly. So like if you're, if you're, uh, watching like a live Twitch stream and you have the, you have the audio off, it will still like give you a live transcription of whatever, uh, this person on Twitch is actually talking about live. So okay. apparently, uh, so apparently I might, I might have noted the name it's boy, it's hard for to be developing an operating system and come up with a, a consistent name about taking spoken text and turning it into captions. So that's not confused with either the accessibility feature <laughs> that does live transcription or the captions that are generated by YouTube for YouTube videos. I'm like trying to figure out how I can. That is, that is a fun uh, now the I, I did turn it on and leave it on like when I first tried that feature uh, li- the live transcribe feature w- a while ago and it does leave that uh, accessibility uh, little little person in the le- lower right hand corner of the, the screen. That's not the feature. Oh, I feel do. No, 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 no. <laughs> but 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 see, it's it's funny because. Um, uh, I sometimes would accidentally like as I'm picking up the phone, as in like when I'm. I needed to check a notification, but then I put it back on the table and accidentally mm-hmm. touched the live transcribe button. 
and it doesn't ask for confirmation. And then I will like look at my phone because I expected it to have like gone to sleep, but I'm seeing like a live transcription of like the entire movie that I've, <laughs> I've been watching on TV. Uh, and it's like, okay, I guess the microphones do work well. I got to say, I okay. really should turn that off in case I accidentally capture something I don't want to capture. My bad. Live transcribe has been on there already. Uh, live captioning is the new feature. Okay, live captioning is only available on Pixel devices. Oh, and launches later this fall. Well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> have you, have yeah, you, I'm just. <laughs> have, have you tried dark mode yet? Okay, well, that's something I can complain okay, well, I, about. I, I, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Herefs. Whether you work for a big brand, run your own small business, or do freelance work like me, getting traffic to your website is always a challenge. There's just so much competition out there. Herefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that solves that problem and gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. You can delve into how your competitors are getting traffic and why. You could see the pages and content that send them the most traffic. And you can get estimated search volumes with their Keywords Explorer tool. So you can see how well a piece of content is likely to perform before you even write it. And if you are getting search traffic, you can use features like their top pages report to discover which pages are bringing the most traffic. Then figure out how to replicate this success. It's a seriously clever way to debunk the mystery around SEO. Refs is super easy to use, lets you figure out tracking just by ranking, and it's a great thing to use if even if you are just a freelance writer trying to figure out how to get your basic articles out to everyone. So go to herefs.com right now. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. The A is silent. Sign up for their seven-day trial for just $7. Get reports on your website, see what's performing well, and figure out your next move. Whether you have a personal website you want to get a following on or your company needs more traffic to convert it into sales, Go there now, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. Get that $7 trial. Our thanks to refs for their support of material and all of Relay FM. Bye, Menon. Okay, so so I, I of course I had to turn on dark mode uh because i i'm emo i'm of the i'm of the night i'm of the winds i am the name that should not be said no it's <laughs> i'm it's, susceptible to migraines so that's why okay. i want it on that's that's maybe a better use of the <laughs> better mm. use of the technology i think mm. i think it works pretty well i was just disappointed that it often doesn't – you'll be in dark mode and then like suddenly even in a Google app or a Google feature, it suddenly turns into like a white screen with a standard uh, like white background. I assume this will become better in the coming months as more apps get updated to, uh, have, to have a dark mode. This isn't, a, this isn't like a third-party utility that intercedes and manipulates the appearance of an app or an interface. This is an actual switch setting so that – uh, individual apps when their developers can actually design what this app should look like in dark mode and be ready for uh, if it senses that it's in dark mode to switch this other operation so this uh, i don't leave it on permanently because it's just too jarring it's not uh, that's not consistent but i like it uh, pretty much i like it how it works yeah i i saw some screenshots out there i think the verge had a screenshot where it was a dark mode for the google shelf there's no dark mode for the google shelf <laughs> 
Like I'm not, it's, it's bright and white and it's extremely stark when you're going over there, like at night and you're reading, you know, with the screen that's kind of dark. And so, um, eh, it's, it gets a little frustrating when you hear about all these new features and they're not like expanding all over to the entire interface. And I read, I think on Android police's rundown of, uh, the features that there's like a force all dark mode. Yeah, I could be I could be making this up. I don't know. There's a force all dark mode available in the developer settings, but I can't find that. Maybe it's with this new update that's trying to push through to my phone. I this the frustration about covering software updates for Android is that it's like not everything for like how I thought. Like I feel so silly that I thought live transcribe was <laughs> no no no. no. <laughs> Oh, well, now you get to see a thread on my Twitter feed of me trying it out. So there's some content for you. Andy, what else did you love about this update? Because uh, I need you to help me find some things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Little touches like they changed uh, the status uh, icons uh, in the uh, in the status bar so that now it's like um, whether it's Wi-Fi status, battery status, uh, um, uh, your uh, your wireless provider antenna status it's mm-hmm. now depicted as though it's a hollow black outline that gets filled in which i just it's a it's i don't know i don't necessarily i shouldn't say that it's better than the way they were before but the fact that i've been looking at these same design icons on every single device i've been using for the past like 10 or 11 years mm-hmm. it just feels fresher it feels nicer there are a lot of like little changes to the, the font cha- font choices and typography and i think that they 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 are nice extra like uh coat of polish on the on the overall uh, on the overall interface i haven't i, I like the new sharing panel uh when you the standard uh, sharing sheet is a bit, little better mm-hmm. organized a little prettier um i again i'm looking forward to checking back on this in a couple months when we see uh, different apps handling uh sharing differently uh but every I, I immediately noticed the difference and i immediately liked it um, there's a, this isn't uh, my I don't know if you got the same impression, too. It doesn't feel like you've got a brand. <laughs> so it doesn't feel like you've got a brand new phone and a revolutionary experience, at least not until after at least if you don't turn on <laughs> turn on gestures. But it feels as though it's been given like a little extra polish, a little extra uh, a little extra layer of craftsmanship on it. It looks like it feels like a much much prettier uh, and nicer experience. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, I uh, there's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you tried using focus mode yet? Uh, no, I got distracted by Instagram. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I have I have tried it and I've I've checked out uh, how it works with digital well being. Um, that's I'm um it, I, I like the principle of it. That's where you can uh not ju- not just like you can basically have fine just control over exactly. Well, no, well, I'm trying to fig- think about how best to put it. Where it's not just do not disturb. It's more like I want you to be a phone, but when I when I go into when I press this button uh, mm-hmm. in the next to like Wi-Fi and whatever at the top of my screen, I want you to like not let me use Twitter. I want this to be a phone that doesn't have Instagram. I want this to be a phone that can receive text messages, and uh, but I don't want you to be able to like launch Hulu. <laughs> so 
So I I like the principle of it. I like it particularly if parental controls ties in with it. So you can basically say within these hours, guess what? You are since since you begged me for a phone because you knew you you told me that hey wouldn't be great if I could like call for a lift when I'm uh, when I'm in trouble and get text messages. Well, guess what? Between (laughs) between in school hours and any time that you're out on a date, uh, you your phone can only do those three things. That would be that would be nice. Uh, I uh, it's. I guess, it's a toggle, by the way, in the quick settings. Right, so exactly. You so can, it's not so yeah. you have to go into settings. It is again just like turning on the flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I suppose the way that I would use it would be for just the just when I don't actually sort of like as a super 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 fine grained and uh, uh, and dramatic version of do not disturb saying that disturb me all you want with a text message because only text me- the only text messages I get are from people who really want to get in touch with me very very quickly but don't ever disturb me for anything else ever again um, I don't find my the, my the phone is not my, the phone for me is a binary distraction machine either I've got access to it and uh, it's distracting me or I realize that oh this is a distraction so I'll just simply you know I won't pay attention to it so maybe it's not for me, but there are people for whom I'm sure that's going to be a really big help. Works well. Yeah, uh, it's basically like what happens in digital well-being after you've uh, run out of your timer. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't let you go into that app anymore. Um, let's see. The other thing that I wanted to bring up that I saw here on our list. Oh, theming. So... There are new theming options, which um, you can get to through, through the developer settings. It's just like cute colors, like purple, yeah. blue, red. Um, I chose purple because purple is my favorite color. I think it looks really nice with the pink back on the Pixel 3. Uh, so that's for power users, anybody who wants to go into developer settings. Yeah. And then when you go into the quick settings, it's like little purple buttons and like the menus are purple yeah. and it's cute. It'll be, well, also it'll match your phone case and it'll match your, mm-hmm. match your, your wallpaper and whatever you want. And isn't it, isn't there some sort of a new like API so that if developers want to create a theme package, that's a little bit more ambitious. It'll work that way. Yeah. But again, we're just in the beginning stages yeah. of all this. So Again, even if it's yeah. just matching your phone case and your wallpaper, that's it's surprisingly satisfying. If you've mm-hmm. got if you've got like sort of a orange cranberry <laughs> uh, sort of like pattern on your desktop, mm-hmm. uh, and you find that alerts are now a little bit tinged red, and that's that's again unusually and surprisingly satisfying. <sighs> I'm like I'm exhausted yeah. just like thinking about. Yeah, I mean, uh, dear listeners, we are again. We write about this stuff, so a lot of it has been uh, accessing it as users, and a lot of it has been let's. We need to push every single button and try everything else out in case someone asks us about something, or in case there's something we hadn't considered. Well, I feel defeated now about the whole live transcribe thing, but you know what? I'm just going to leave it on. <laughs> No, no, no. So uh, if you uh, – there are all kinds of uh, websites uh, have, you know, what's new with how to make the most out of mm-hmm. Google 10. Um, Gizmodo is the one that I link to in the show notes because it probably has the tidiest one that I've seen. 
They're not like all like now if you are doing if, – if most of your data collection is being done as pointers to stacks, you're going to find that you don't – no, I'm, again, per, I, I, want the, I, I want you to talk about how I can do transcriptions and how I can turn on dark mode. So uh, they're not uh, – they're not all the superficial stuff. They're really, really good stuff. Um, there's – but there is a bunch of stuff that I really did not even know about from the announcements that Google had made in the previous one. Like uh, there is, there are now proactive measures inside uh, inside uh, Android 10, so that if like your phone gets wet or if there's like uh, crud or debris, mm-hmm. uh, it will disable the USB port and will not even detect any accessories. Basically, to give the phone a chance to dry out, so that you don't like. You don't crumb up the, the the connector or screw things up ever again. Now you can, after you see this dialogue, say you can override that. But mm-hmm. an idea of a proactive operating system measure to try to get <laughs> to try to save your phone if it's gotten into any kind of an accident. Um, I was kind of surprised. Because this was uh, actually, if you go into uh, Google's official, hey, we've got Android 10 and it's awesome, go to android.com slash android hyphen 10. This is like one of the cool, like little floaty three-dimensional like highlight bars they've put in here. Uh, so, okay. So I, I thought that was kind of neat. And, and uh, th- th- there's also a better detection of system overheats. And let's try not to shake this thing apart until it actually dies. Uh, or maybe the maybe they should just say if it's if it's a Google Pixel phone, let it shake it apart until it dies, and the person has to buy a new one. But if it's a Samsung phone, eh, may as well may as well let them let them keep using it. Uh, Android Police had also noted that there is a not fully functional yet, but car crash detection. Oh yes. <laughs> Like on like on Star, I've I've noticed I've noticed, I've that, noticed been, that you've been in a wreckage. Would you like me to save your life? I've noticed that yeah. the, the phone was traveling at sixty eight miles an hour and then decelerated to zero in about eight seconds, and now the device sensor says that it's wet. <laughs> <laughs> Should I call nine one one on your behalf? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, not sure exactly what that feature is. Just that it's something that apparently I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was something that came apart of like Android Auto or something. Yeah. Um, Android ten Easter egg. Oh yes, there's. Uh, now I, I got this from Lifehacker because um, I did not. I am not yet in the point of desperation where I'm just going to randomly tap things to see if they're Easter eggs. Now. And for and I, thank God I didn't because well, that's the they, fun of every Android release. Well, yeah, see, but that, see that's the problem. It gets see it starts off with usually usually the, if you want to find the secret Easter egg in an Android release, you start off by uh, going to going to the system, going to the uh, the the settings app, going to about phone, look for the Android version like section, and then tap on it like uh, tap on it and then tap on the Android version button because usually there's something on it. You just keep tapping it until something appears. So, so there's the level one uh, thing, which is you keep tapping it, tapping it, tapping it, and suddenly you get like the you get this uh, black and white 
uh, striped, uh, diagonally striped screen with the Android 10 uh, logo on it, rather the word Android, and then the one and the zero. And you can actually like tap and like slide around these three elements however you want. However, Lifehacker says that I'm... <laughs> Level two, neat, but we're not done. Oh, no. Double tap on each of the elements, parentheses, Android 1 and 0, and revolve them to create the old and Oh, okay. Now I get it. Android Q logo, which looks something like this. So if you take the 1 and the 0 and position them so that it yes. looks like the Q, yes. now you've nailed it if the gray lines in the background start moving from the lower left corner to the upper right. From there, tap on the word Android until you pull up a second puzzle. Congratulations. You're in Nonogram land and now it has a screenshot of something that looks like a spreadsheet that might have been created in like 1990s colors that's uh, big cross yes yeah, i don't see <laughs> and they and the the article explains what a nanogram puzzle is and i absolutely don't understand it at all it's also the wikipedia I will, i'm reduced to wikipedia saying nanograms also known as Pick cross or griddlers are picture logic puzzles in which cells in a grid must be colored or left blank according to numbers the side of the grid to reveal a hidden picture. I think that it has to do with uh, you have a grid X and Y and there are numbers on the X and Y axes that let you know how many of these pixels at this coordinate might be lit or might not be lit. It just when it's uh, the great thing about Tetris is that you got it in about five minutes and then it's great. If I have to really download some sort of a guide just to figure out what I'm supposed to do and try to understand what a winning result is, that to me isn't relaxation. This is the reason why I don't play like Dungeons and Dragons or other role-playing games because you start out by having to fill out all kinds of forms. There's so much paperwork and then math and then I again the the, the pack, whereas with Pac Man you got your you got the guy you got the ghosts and you don't have to fill out any paperwork to move to decide does the, does your Pac Man have the ability to move up if so deduct twelve points from its left moves that's what I'm saying I, I will probably figure out how to get this Easter egg to work just for the sake of accuracy and uh, dedication to my craft but it it doesn't seem like the most fun thing to do. Woof. Um, boy, Andy, that was a lot. <laughs> well, I'm just well, I'm just saying that how about you just like a really cool little animation or what if you make like no, no, a, no. Like I just a, a mean that was a lot of Android 10 stuff. I okay, mean, true. that was that was okay. a lot of stuff. I guess I was just subconsciously responding to the exhaustion that I could sense in the future from tens, if not hundreds of thousands of podcast listeners saying, oh, my God, this guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, should we give our listeners another quick little break and then I maybe so. kind of round off with some non Android 10 news? I think so. Okay, let's do that. This episode of Material is also brought to you by Backblaze, the unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs that starts at just $6 a month. No gimmicks. No add-ons. Backblaze backs up documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects, everything that's important to you. Sometimes you need access to file on the go. You can use the super easy mobile apps to access all your data anywhere in the world, even from your phone. If you did have a data disaster, Backblaze can ship you a hard drive with all of your data on it. And once you've restored your precious documents, you can send the hard drive back for a full refund. 
I sure wish I had Backblaze when I had my data loss. My goodness. You know, you think that you have some of your things backed up and then you realize that you don't. I would have loved to have had Backblaze on the back burner to at least know that my data was secured and stored somewhere with a third party that could help me out when I didn't uh, do my own backing up. Whoops. Back up your stuff, guys. Go to backblaze.com slash material for your fully featured 15-day free trial and let them know you heard about them on material. That's backblaze.com slash material. Do it today. You're not going to regret it. And do it before you have a data disaster. Thank you to Backblaze for saving us from countless data disasters and for their support of this show and Relay FM. Bye, Menon. Now we have uh, uh, we we knew that we'd be spending most of our time talking about Android ten and how we're how reacting can we to it. not? Of course, it's like it, it's it's, it's a like lot. It, it's yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. When you guys get it, you are going to enjoy it. Uh, I'm very very happy with it, and I'm going to be <laughs> I just have to keep doing a deeper deeper dive. I'm looking forward to the experience on what I hope to be my new uh, Pixel Four phone <laughs> next month or the month after Show that. Off. But yeah, no, there's nothing. <laughs> and and the and the other thing that I'm sure people want to know, my phone has not exploded even once since uh, installing it on Tuesday. And so you're on nothing. The Pixel One. Yes, no problems whatsoever. Uh, so, uh, but we do have a couple of quick things. Uh, now, uh, we might wind up talking about this a lot more next week because we're already running eh, yeah. close to the end. Uh, but uh, suffice to say that Google has just been hit by a – or has been settled with the uh, FTC and the New York State Attorneys General from charges that they were knowingly and illegally harvesting data from children on YouTube without their parents', parents consent, which is – a, bad on principle, but super bad when it's actually a legal violation of COPA, which is the only laws that uh, uh, in America protecting the privacy of any humans using the Internet in America. If you're dealing with children, you are not allowed to get information from them. Uh, built a $170 million penalty. The next highest penalty ever was $5.7 million. So and they're, in addition to the uh, fines, they're going to have to tighten privacy for children on the service. Uh, they're also going to have to demand parental consent before they're sharing kids' photos and other data. We should mention those first two things are things they were supposed to be doing anyway to comply with laws uh, and also create children's programming. Uh, we might talk about that more next week, but it would be bad yeah. for us not to mention it. Also, hey, if, also, if we miss a major uh, government, uh, national or international uh, violation that uh, Google has been punished for, we, we can't catch up next week. There's so many coming in. Uh, but the w- one thing that I kind of wanted to end with, because it's a good thing. To, it's weird. It's speculative and it's harmless, but it's weird. So uh, the patent filing uh, surfaced of uh, from Google the patenting a device called I just, a— By the way, I want to completely interrupt you and also because I want to appreciate the— complete juxtaposition of these two stories side by side. <laughs> A, Google's getting fined, but also continuing. Well, no, because it's a camera. It's the patent only refers to it as a, quote, camera watch. So it's a round smartwatch that has a pinhole in the middle of it with a camera behind it. And it's a Google product, so we are inclined to at least wonder 
if not for this patent filing, were there going to be happy to have people not know that there was a hidden camera inside a Pixel smartwatch? Uh, no, I'm sure not. But you know, and but it's like you know, I I was just trying to wonder what purpose would be served by having a camera inside a smartwatch. And I know that these are uh, you always have to take patent filings with a grain of Miss salt. Selfies. It's often, yeah. It's always, yeah, and realize they, they just patent stuff because, okay, well, we may as well patent this to make sure that if we ever want to put a camera in a watch, we've got coverage, uh, legal coverage for it. But it's like, it got me thinking, like, is there some idea beyond taking a really bad, really hard to set up picture <laughs> of just you? I mean, it's hard enough getting with just like a regular selfie camera, getting you and your two friends in the picture. Now, if you've got it on your wrist and you can only extend like maybe 10 to 12 inches from your face, it's like, do you want pictures of selfies in which your nose is that big? So, okay. Or lots of lots of pictures of what was to your immediate left throughout the course of the day. I, I was... I'm stumped. I'm not as clever as most engineers that are working on wearables. I acknowledge this, but I have a wonderfully rich sense of fantasy and the fact that I can't even think of a speculative reason to have a camera inside a watch is interesting. Yeah, I can only think of the fact that there's a lot of folks out there who love the remote shutter abilities of like the Apple Watch where you can set up, you know, your your iPhone at a distance and then you have a little like shutter button on your wrist, but I don't know what you can do that. You can do that on where too. Maybe it's well, yeah, I know, but, um, but maybe it's not, maybe it's not a built-in camera. Maybe it's some other kind of sensor and we just think it's a built-in camera. Maybe it's, well, no, it's, it's a patent. So it's, it's actually called camera watch. So it's definitely mm-hmm. for a camera. I was trying to figure out if it was, but just like you, I was trying to figure out, is there a way you could use it not to not to take pictures, but simply as a sensor? Like, like, well, I guess. I mean, it would give you light and dark, but uh, I don't know. What do you think, listeners? Uh, tweet <laughs> us. Tweet us at Anatco, which is Andy's last name. Tweet us at Oh That Flow. Tweet us at Material Podcast. I want to know what you think that this is going to be because we certainly have no idea. We're just like, huh? <laughs> also, also, if we were to dedicate an entire show to the problems of Android Wear devices, I don't think that would be in the first hour. I think that's that a bonus if, episode. If anything, you have to we, pay we, for that we are one. now <laughs> as, as we as we record this, we are at uh, fourteen minutes past the hour, and we're talking. I think that in that episode, it might not even be that early in the episode. I think that yeah, but oh well. At least hey, at least <sighs> at least we have acknowledgement that Google is still aware that they have a wearables <laughs> division. Oh oh, they are they are, and I know Fossil's still carrying that torch. Um, I'm I'm happy with my Samsung phone. Oy, this was a big episode. We had like I am thoroughly exhausted and you did all the you did most of the talking, Andy. <laughs> Just well, because you know, I, I haven't really touched my phone this much in the last like forty eight hours as I have yeah, yeah. in the last forty eight hours. This is this is every time every year there's the new Android release and then there's the new iPhone release and I'm never so happy to return to my 60 inch television. <laughs> this <laughs> is why I only cover one operating system, Andy, because <laughs> it's very tiring. 
That see that that's right. We actually have to we have to hold up this device, and it must weigh like at least like several ounces. That's more than that's more than we're we've been trained to to deal with. We're we are delicate little flowers. Or well, with the dark theme not being applied to every single screen, yeah. Also, it's a really warm device because of all <laughs> the energy being output by this OLED display. Harumph. 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 Okay, so we should we're gonna we should end yeah. this here. Flo, we should we should let you all go. We should let you all. You've been very patient with us. Thank you. Thank very, you very Thank much. You. We had a lot uh, to process. So, so Flo, uh, where where are you going to be writing? Where are you going to be talking? Where are you going to be doing? Uh, I'm just working on a bunch of stuff right now. I don't. I'm still coming off the high of my, my 90210 weekend. Yes. <laughs> so just kind of follow me on the internet at Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Twitch. Oh, that flow. You know where to find me online, florenzion.com. Uh, that's it for now. Lovely. I'm going to be on uh, Boston NPR, uh, Boston Public Radio, on Friday at 1 p.m. Uh, you can stream it at wgbhnews.org, either live or later, because they do keep archives. Or if you're in the if you're in Boston, head on down to the Boston Public Library, because on Friday we're recording from the permanently installed WGBH Studios, which is like at the in the middle of a coffee shop. <laughs> In the Boston Public Library, so you can get a scone, get a Coke or a tea or something, get a sandwich, uh, and just watch me flounder as I quickly try to delay as I do a quick Google search on the Chromebook in front of me because I just realized that I thought I'd written down that number, but I did not, and now trying to avoid lying in front of the entire New England public radio audience. Or you can go to, uh, for a lighter fare, go to uh, an Otgo on Instagram. I continue to post pictures from not only uh, the Boston Comic-Con Fan Expo from a couple weeks ago, but also a doubleheader of Providence Roller Derby. So more pictures like that are coming out. Uh, go to Twitter. Uh, again, they're Anatko, I-H-N-A-T-K-O, for other thoughts, ideas, influences, and synaptic misfiring. So that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening this week. We hope you listen again next week. Until then, have an awesome seven days. Bye.